is time to tune up the band and get ready with your masks as it's time for another sweet chinwag. Hello, everyone. Hi. It's Dan here hosting this week. <laughs> whoa. My Ski goodness. Whoa, whoa. The times truly have changed. Ski whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they have. This is the first time I've done this since back all the way back in the European title episode. Oh yeah, but I mean, I mean, I know, I, did, I, did, I know, I, I said I was presenting, I was kind of doing the present duties, but you kind of just took over, and I, I let, I let that I go did. because it was the European title. My, your my love for the European title uh, mm -hmm. is very deep to me. This it's was, very important to it, me. This yep. feels weird on a number of reasons. One that I'm not, I'm not doing kind of like the the usual kind of like introduction host duties. Um, but this is a episode 175, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's even more Monster. horrifying when you think about it that way. Oh, and thirdly, can I just, uh, can I, if if you allow me to, Dan, can we just have a, a, a have a round of applause for uh, to celebrate uh, one year with Melee Hellbot? Dear God, what a momentous occasion! One, one year of Melee. One year. The of whole us. where this podcast just really went just downhill, just <laughs> absolute great. Well, was well, was this our jumping the shark moment? <laughs> Some would say yes, others would say no, absolutely not. As for me, I would simply say nation. You damn right. <laughs> I was going to say Eric, but I realised that's Sam's bit, and I'm UK Sam, so I can't stop taking yeah. more bits. Oh, from that's Sam. true. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um,. I've been all right this week. It's been a very kind of quiet week. How about you guys? It has been the exact opposite of quiet for me. I've been so busy. <laughs> I have been so busy. I need it all to stop. <laughs> oh, oh my God. As, uh, as Sam is aware of the increasing levels of insanity that I've been reaching uh, over the last week, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, relating to things... Uh, that I'm doing as part of a personal thing. That's a whole separate thing, but just just know that wrestling has been driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, hasn't it has just? It. Yep. <laughs> as it always does. Ah, so Dan, do you want to do, do, do? Would you would you like to take the reins for the for the for the spiel bit I do before we get to the you know before we get to the news? Um. Okay. I'm gonna. Put... Uh, we bring you this podcast uh, thanks to the lovely people over at SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else where you can find um, your fantastic podcasts. Uh, and as always, we are always pending other platforms. Yep, yep, yep. Even with the mix-up in hosts and with Melee, <laughs> infecting this fucking podcast like a cancerous disease, we will always be pending no matter what. Melee was sat in front of a mirror going, I gotta win. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> a sweet chinwag with a lethal dose of base world. <laughs> Somehow it was base world that ended up dying. <laughs> if anybody's gonna kill my creation, I'm gonna do it. Me and the Y. <laughs> oh, no. the, name, the, the name podcast is on the contract but it doesn't say which one. <laughs> oh my I'm god, everywhere. I don't believe it. <laughs> oh my it god. Is. Uh, 
Um, <laughs> I, I, need, I, need to, I need to. I need to. I need to. God, I'm having to do this the long way. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, I'll fuck stuff. Um, uh, anyway, uh, before we start this episode, uh, it is time to go over to Sam for this week's wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Down. Wrestling news. Interesting, interesting choice. Very nice. Inter- interesting yeah, choice. I like it. Interesting choice. <laughs> I didn't know I had to do it. I would have done it like, uh, like Sam going, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I just picked my mic there. <laughs> I picked my mic card off. Something that um, often happens. <laughs> so, uh, should we start over in um, AEW? Yes, let's start over in AEW. Um, uh, two news stories come out this week. The CMLL crossover with AEW has paid dividends for them as we got a terrific trios match over on Dynamite as the Blackpool Combat Club took on the team of Echicero, Mascara Dorada, and Volador Jr. Uh, go out of your way to watch this one. Uh, if you have never watched Lucha Libre, first of all, what are you doing? Um, it's mm-hmm. now been more accessible than ever in today's day and age. But second of all, please go out and find this match. Because it's a yes. perfect introduction to Lucha Libre if you've never watched it. Also, like, Echicero, Volador Jr. and Mascara Dorada are the ones to look out for in CMLL, along mm-hmm. Mystico as well. Lucha Libre has never been so based, quite like as it yes. is right now in the year 2024. As it always been. Indeed, indeed. Um, Sting and Darby Allen are now your new AEW Tag Team Champions. I'm so happy, so pleased for Sting. He is still undefeated in AEW in tag team competitions. It's um, so wild. Uh, but that's all going to change come Revolution, where his last match will be against the Young Bucks. Yay. Who? <laughs> so the executive vice presidents who can't manage the Young target. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> see uh, as someone who loves luchetters and old grandpas uh see it feels like aw is doing their best to try to win me back and it's working it really is working i don't know i don't know what they've done i don't know what's going on back uh in backstage uh within the creative mm-hmm. process but uh they've screwed that someone screwed their freaking head on right because uh finally finally because they're doing some really good work and lo and behold May I just say, I think, I think someone's finally allowed Tony to book more than one women's match on a card. Whoa! I he is. Oh it. my! It's the the more the the plus the plus one women's match has finally broken containment. That fucking time and all. May I just say? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, it looks like AEW are um. I mean, let's be honest. Last year was possibly their worst year. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. Um, wasn't 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 great. Wasn't great. I I feel like um, there's a part of me that thinks maybe the 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 exec team, the higher ups of AEW, got a bit too big for their britches, in a certain sense. And I feel mm-hmm. they've kind of mm-hmm. had to kind of go back to the foundation of what brought them to the dance in the first place. And uh, lo and behold, going back to basics has seemed to have worked out for them. Because <laughs> um, they've had a bloody good month so far, mm-hmm. if you ask me. And 
if anything, it's getting me finally excited for a pay-per-view of theirs for once. You yeah. know, I'm kind of excited yeah. for a revolution, <laughs> believe it or not. Yeah, who knew that doing the stuff that got them popular in the first place was the way to go? Exactly. It's almost like they figured out a secret code. Mm-hmm. Almost. Almost. <laughs> yeah, TK was just going through his, you know, his TV and his monitors and just, oh, what's that pay-per-view? Oh, it's all in. 2027 or 2028, whatever the first one I was like, oh, let me just do that again. And he's doing it. There we go. There we go. It's that Again, simple. I have to say, I have to stress, wrestling is not a particularly difficult business at the, heart, at the, at the least of times. Although some oh, people... Lord. Although, they make it so difficult. Exactly. Yeah. Some people will tell you that it is a very difficult thing and a very complex, you know, nuanced sort of thing. People will tell you that pro wrestling is cinema, to which I say, be quiet. <laughs> pro wrestling is pro wrestling, people. <laughs> it does not need to be anything artistic. It's, it's Yeah, but every, t- every time someone says pro wrestling is cinema, it just makes me think of just the idea of someone even trying to attempt doing the ideas of wrestling and the ideas of Wes Anderson together. Mm-hmm. The Grand mm-hmm. Budapest Rumble. That's what I mean. <laughs> like, the entire concept of that even trying to happen is insane to me. I, I as you, you, know, as... you know what? I, I, do, I fully endorse Bill Murray as the Ric Flair analogue. I fully endorse it. I don't care. The, the the only person in media who I honestly feel has actually had an actual understanding of wrestling is Darren Aronofsky, and I really feel like that's a massive indictment on the industry. Yeah, it is. <laughs> You're right, it is. I really feel like that says more than enough about it. I was gonna, I, I, again, a question I always have to ask when someone brings up the wrestler and someone who is from New York. Melee, is New Jersey that depressing as Darren Aronofsky made it on film? <laughs> No, it's even much worse. (laughs) He goes, have you ever been to Asbury Park? (laughs) The only thing I have to say to anyone is uh, land at Newark Airport and then drive towards Pennsylvania and you will will experience visual depression. Mm -hmm. God. It is the exact exact opposite of scenic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where were we in regards to this i guess this is a perfect segue because people were thinking of this as pure wrestling cinema uh the wrestlemania 40 kickoff show that happened in <laughs> here's the thing that always confuses me the wrestlemania 40 kickoff in las vegas for an event in philadelphia yeah that's what yeah <laughs> las vegas Phil- las vegas pennsylvania obviously yeah they're both in america they're they're close enough right by way of portland oregon what the fuck is going on people (laughs) (laughs) right uh not much really to talk about first off uh actually there's a few things uh we now know that becky lynch knows what a bottom is uh which is a sentence i never thought i'd ever say i'm glad that she's uh, she's cultured look we all knew that she knew (laughs) (laughs) we all knew (laughs) Um, second of all, uh, why in the blue blazes was Bailey never factored into this kickoff show or indeed the, uh, the, the, the promotional material for this? She won the rumble. Uh, yet Cause that would make far too much sense. Far too much sense. 
Uh, true. Um, we know that the WWE are great at not making sense in any way, shape, or form. Wait, which come on, to the third point. What the <laughs> fuck is going on with the main event of WrestleMania? <laughs> right. No, but you don't understand. Obviously, it all makes sense. Seth, mm-hmm. Ru- oh, sorry. Waluigi comes out and goes, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> who's going to face me at WrestleMania? And out comes Roman Reigns and says, you know what? I'm sick and tired of Cody. Cody waiting for an answer. I'm going to make the decision for myself. I'm going to face The Rock. <laughs> the Rock. The Rock. <laughs> to which we hear, you smell, and out comes Dwayne. In, in, and, in then, his, in, 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 and then and then Cody Cody appears uh and then says the answer <laughs> which we've which we've already been expecting in the first place. <laughs> Despite the fact I said to people that I would not face Roman at WrestleMania, I face you, Roman Reigns, at WrestleMania. Wait, what the yeah. fuck is going on? It's not even it's not even we we just we just went through like a, a one two one to two week detour just to get back to the point of the rumble in the first place. Hey, whatever mm-hmm. you do, don't ever disrespect family. I mean, mind you, Roman Reigns and Dwayne can get away with calling Cody Rhodes' dad irrelevant, but once as but as soon as Cody Cody talks about their family. Oh, he gets a slap in the face from Dwayne. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I expect that kind of hypocrisy from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne was <laughs> full like of uh, was full of swears right at the end because he goes, he, he turns to uh, Triple H. Oh no, sorry, Paul. He turns to Paul and goes, "Short your shit out. I will slap that man. I will slap his teeth down his fucking throat if he said talks shit about my family." This is bullshit. You know, this I gotta, is... I gotta say. It's kind of weird that everyone switched to Paul now. Yeah, <laughs> after, so think, many, after so many years, it's just like, yeah, I'm Paul. Like, really? Yeah. Huh. I think, I think, I think the thing is now is that the distinction between Triple H, the wrestler, and the and uh, Paul, the company executive, has become a very, very distinct hard line at this point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, we've very much drawn a line underneath it, and also, I am very firmly of the belief that it is. Uh, Paul try to make himself seem more respectable as a businessman. <laughs> yeah, I know that part. Yeah. Well, especially considering, you know, the, the lawsuit and everything. Uh, you, know. you know. Listed defendant Triple H. <laughs> Come on, think of the positives. Think of the positives. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Oh, you know, I never read the court document. Uh, let's look at the positives. Uh, I look like Kratos. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, oh, yeah, to quote Bride Zane, that was subtle. Uh, <laughs> Co- Cody's going to do that again, but it's just going to be to an office chair. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's, um, yeah, all I'll say is this, right? If, 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 if getting The Rock involved in Mania was to quote unquote gain that mainstream audience that they clamor for. I've talked with hardcore fans. I've talked with casual fans. I have talked with mainstream peeps that only have a fleeting glance at pro wrestling. And we could all share a unanimous agreement. This whole thing is so haphazardly put together that no one knows what's going on. <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing though, right? Here's, here's, here's the point. It, and I'll say this from my very unique perspective, given what I do, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is, anyone that's like around my age or like a bit younger will remember will remember The Rock specifically for wrestling. Anyone after like two thousand and like seven, 
they're only going to know him from films. Mm-hmm. And so they probably aren't going to care about the fact of him being in wrestling. If you go That's and true. watch the Fast and if you go and watch the latest Fast and Furious film, you're hardly likely to go and buy a WWE pay per view. <laughs> yeah, that is not that is not a like hyper fine transition, <laughs> you know. And like the the thing I say about it is like a large chunk of people out there now only know him for acting. They now only know him for being in films. They have no care about him ever wrestling at any point it doesn't mean anything i mean everyone remembers him from the mm-hmm. tooth fairy surely that's what i'm saying i mean Big scorpion king guy mm-hmm. which is always be my it'll always be my one he's, <laughs> he's always the scorpion king and even yeah he's just you're the scorpion king homie that's it that's all you'll ever be <laughs> <laughs> oh you know there's there's far less the thing of like Again, I feel like it's very much the same with like John Cena, right? People know John Cena wrestles. They know that he acts. They're going to watch his TV show, but they're probably not going to go out of their way to go buy a pay-per-view that has John Cena in it. That's true. True. Yeah. true. Well, all I'll say is this. I'm, I, 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 I watch with curiosity to figure out how the hell they're going to work themselves out of this dumpster fire. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They worked themselves into a shoot, brother. Uh, to which I will say, uh, uh, as a thing that I will always keep saying, uh, do not forget, everybody, that they are currently mm-hmm. under a civil lawsuit that is almost currently yeah. being put into under federal investigation. And no matter how many smoke and mirrors and, and rocks they will dangle in front of us, just remember, just remember the people that were involved in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that whole thing's still continuing very strong, yep. and they're still getting decent attention from mainstream outlets. Uh, I know Vice picked up a story recently. Yes, mm-hmm. if memory serves me correctly, which was something uh, like an unpublished an unpublished statement about the situation regarding Ashley Massaro, which is mm-hmm. it upsets me greatly. That does that that, that whole situation. And uh, well, here's the here's the kicker: Paul London's been talking about what happened to Ashley. The, the 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 thing she had to get put through for years at this point, and no one's listened. Oh to yeah, it. like. But then again, <laughs> he has been on Cafe de Rene, which kind of does go under the yeah. radar slightly. <laughs> I'm not saying it's yeah. a bad podcast. Actually, it's not that bad a podcast at all. But I I, I doubt whether mainstream audiences are listening to Cafe de Rene. I prefer not to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that though. I think there's not much else in the news. Actually, so, there is okay. one very important one. Oh. Well, you see, well, TNA oh, may already yes. be dead. Yeah, we've got time what? for this. We've got time for this. What the hell? Yeah. Um, uh, this whole Anthem Scott Sports Demore's... really just being Anthem Sports. <laughs> yeah, Scott Damore unceremoniously relieved of his position. Uh, as president of TNA, uh, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, it looks like Anthem Sports and Entertainment are trying to um, uh, take every entity that they own under one umbrella and keep it under the same like banner. Yeah. Which, yeah. Uh, Historically, really? nothing ever, nothing ever bad happens. That's all. That's all. We'll just, we'll, we'll just have the owl mm-hmm. back on the. I just find it. I just find it so confusing that they would do that to Scott Demore when he's really led them to this point in the first place. 
Yeah, mm. like, like, because I, I, like, I wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even hate it if it was like Anthem Sports are gonna instead of him like leading TNA, he become like the Anthem Sports guy for TNA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that wouldn't have been. Yeah, that wouldn't have been. But like... to, but to, to move him out of the company and then replace him with someone else, I'm, I'm like, I really got no idea. God knows what what came of it. From what I've heard. Scott Demore didn't do anything too egregious to get it happening. All it was was a, I think it was a different of difference of culture or the way to move forward yeah. with TNA. Yeah. Uh, where Scott, I think it was like the the, the 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 news suggests that Scott wanted to take it in a very independent direction to kind of make TNA, um, as a part of Anthem, but not necessarily too egregious of having Anthem plastered everywhere, to which Anthem were very much against that and wanted to make it an Anthem property. Um, again, yeah, that's kind of the idea say, I got from it. Which, from what, I, from what I can say, we're getting the owl back and it's going to be fucking plastered everywhere, that owl. Um, God damn. I know the, the president, I think the CEO of Anthem and Sports and Entertainment has now taken over TNA. Um, goodness knows, I don't know if they have any wrestling experience. Um, history has proven that uh, those that have a president presidential position in pro wrestling that have no experience in wrestling are doomed to fail horribly. Just look at Jim Hurd and WCW, <laughs> <laughs> former Pizza Hut manager. <laughs> oh boy! I don't know. Weeks. I uh, yeah, yeah. That's it's just uh, with all the decisions of um, of hard to kill. Uh, of changing champions and stuff like that, and of course the new signings and everything else with that, and, and Trinity uh, going back to WWE. It, it remains to be seen what will be the immediate fallout of TNA, happen, uh, of what will happen to TNA. Um, man, I want to keep my fingers crossed because I was so excited. We at the end of like this, at the end of last year, we were all so excited about what could possibly what could possibly be with TNA. I just want it to succeed so badly. Um, it may, it would have made much more sense if they kept Scott on. But I mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. what what can you fucking do when it's corporate when it's corporate nonsense like this? You know, mm-hmm. uh, what I could do is fly my arms like Kurt Angle like this. <laughs> 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 oh, but yeah, we- yeah. But anyway. Death, death to capitalism. That's, death what, to I'm capital- yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, brother. That's, Amen. That's about. Yeah. That's what else. What else is better to say? <laughs> <laughs> Must crush capital. No, just T- TNA <laughs> and TNA. Ah, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right then. With that, um, we are done with the news. Yes. Let's mm-hmm. go to recommendation corner. All right, all right, all right, guys. I hate to bring this up on and to start this off on a negative note, but I have to just I have to put put my feelings out out there. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate American football. <laughs> I fucking yes, hate it. I have now. I am. I am a like you know even like go synthesized. Eagles. Yeah, yeah. Go Eagles. I have to because due to my due to my relationship. But so go Eagles. However. In terms of the actual sport, I hate it. I really, really do. I find it the video game, dude. Yeah, like I am not. I am not a hater of sports. Far fucking from it. I love me some sport, Mm -hmm. but American football I find to be the most boring molasses. 
Slow as ice hockey game. superiority. Oh, every other game superiority, straight up. I'm sorry. Having that being said, having that being said, the Super Bowl, a thing that I have tried to watch three times, and every three times I've been like, is this really your king? <laughs> has one thing, has one thing going for it this year. And that is motherfucking Usher. My recommendation is to watch the halftime show because Usher is headlining the halftime show. And mm -hmm. Usher has been one of the greatest artists for, I think, 30 years. Nothing but bangers, nothing but hits. A fucking great cameo in Hustlers, which is a great movie. Everyone should watch Hustlers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the moment that it was announced, it was Usher, I was like, all right, fine, I will fucking watch this goddamn Super Bowl again. <laughs> I'd say the only, the, only the only downer in Usher's career, he was the guy that discovered Justin Bieber. I, will, I was going to say, apart I... from that... <laughs> I can't lie, that kind of worked out well for him in the end. You know... I... <laughs> I go back and forth on whether I can really put that on Usher. <laughs> you know, like if, like, to, like if, if Justin Bieber had, I don't know, gone the Usher route, I would have been like, eh, he, eh, he had some, like, like to put it into perspective. You know who was like the Justin Bieber of his era at one point? Frank Sinatra. Look what happened to him. That's like. Yeah. <laughs> It was it was possible. It was possible. Didn't happen that way. There you go. So I can't really put that on Usher. So yes, my recommendation is just Usher. Just listen to some Usher. Mm -hmm. He has made so many bangers. Confession, fucking banger. Yeah, one of the the, the song of two thousand of the two thousands. I don't care. Yeah. 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 Actually, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that entire, actually, actually, that entire Confessions album is actually a really good album, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. 8701 is actually a really good fucking album as well. Like, quality, the quality of Usher speaks for itself at this point. So I recommend anything Usher has put out, and I recommend watching the halftime, mm -hmm. the halftime show, because it's fucking Usher, man, like, it's It's gonna be great. If a little John just comes out of nowhere and starts going, yeah. Oh, please, please, please. If if they if they get the whole crew back, if they get Luda, like, what else will there be to say? You know what I mean? Yes, that's what we want. <laughs> oh, what about you, Melo? Do you have a recommendation this week? I'm recommending the Super Bowl halftime show because, <laughs> <laughs> as Usher would say, watch this. And also, apparently the, the streets are saying that SpongeBob is going to perform Sweet Victory at the halftime show. Uh, you know, they had their chance and they blew it. That's I'm true. Sorry. They had their chance and they blew it. Mm -hmm. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing. It. I'm hearing allegedly that they're, they're getting. Uh, they're doing the Nick Kidd's commentary. Oh. Mm. So who knows? 
knows? But like the 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 time was when Hill was when Hillenburg passed away. Rest <laughs> in peace, Hillenburg. Mm-hmm. But like anyway, so, the possibility yeah. of hearing SpongeBob do a Stephen A. Smith rant still lives as an extant possibility in my brain. So <laughs> yeah, you know what? You know what? That on the other hand, that's that's pretty neat. So we we will see. We will see. I mean, Tom Kenny still got it, everybody. <laughs> He does. True. He True. absolutely does. They all still got it. All of them. Uh... <laughs> pay your voice actors. Pay your voice yes. actors. Pay, pay your fucking voice actors. Fuck's mm-hmm. sake. Anyway. <laughs> are we done with recommendations? Uh, okay. I believe we are. Nice. Right then. Floor's yours. As, as, as been okay. this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> now. I think I'm going to start this off by asking a very easy question. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen in the call, how do we mm-hmm. feel about Lucha Libre? <laughs> I mean, a, a variety of feelings. Most of them, <laughs> fuck yeah, Lucha Libre. <laughs> I think I've espoused enough of my love of Lucha Libre uh, in, in many an episode, especially recent episodes as well, about... Um... Despite the fact that it can sometimes be very questionable, the people they book, um, Lucha Libre is just one of the funnest forms of professional wrestling that there is in the globe. Uh, Booyaka, booyaka. Six foot nine. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And thankfully, takes us on to the topic of this episode. Uh, Mr. Rey Mysterio. Although not directly, but, you know, it's all tangentially related. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Rey Mysterio's legacy speaks for itself. Um, through the championship wins, being a world champion with WWE, and effectively being the guy who's influenced a large section of the modern wrestling landscape. So also being uh, also being known to having surgery five times in my left knee. In my left knee. <laughs> the biggest. Yeah, the dangers that come with lucha. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All those sentons catch up with you eventually. <laughs> and perhaps as a consequence of having surgery five times in my left knee, um, <laughs> WWE would eventually, uh, every so often, come around to... I phrase this as replacing him, but that's not really the right way. Nor Realistically, the way it actually works out better as is finding another way to replicate Rey Mysterio's success in the Latin American market. <laughs> mm-hmm. Golly, have they tried! <laughs> and this episode are, is about those attempts. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. And so what I would like to do first is I would like you to cast your minds back before Rey Mysterio was even in... WWE, and in fact, while they were still very much the WWF. <laughs> oh. Ooh. As I would like to begin at our first place, the 1997 Royal Rumble coming live from San Antonio. <laughs> oh, is this what I think oh. it is, Dad? Uh, this was the Rumble that very famously featured a collection of luchadors coming, f- coming from Triple R to compete in the Rumble match. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is very infamous for many reasons, <laughs> including but not limited to what I what I was lovingly phrased at, uh, in the, one of the articles I was reading as difficulties in agreeing the direction of booking. <laughs> <laughs> 
where a number of luchadors that were competing in the match did not want to appear weak in comparison to the WWE talent. <laughs> uh, and most infamously was marked by Mil Mascaris choosing to throw himself over the top rope instead of being eliminated by anyone else. Because again, in his words, I didn't want to appear weak. <laughs> Real. If memory serves me correct, didn't he eliminate uh, Piroff? And then yes. dive on top of Piroff as a way to yes. eliminate himself. <laughs> you know what's funny? Which... It's uh, Cage Match and Wikipedia count him eliminating himself as an elimination, so Bill Masquerade's got two eliminations in that rumble. <laughs> <laughs> God bless you, Cage Match. Um, and obviously, this leads to, I'm going to say, one part of the discussion about Lucha Libre, which is it is a world of very, very vast clashing egos. <laughs> but also, mm-hmm. what this is is it marks WWE's first major attempt to integrate Lucha Libre into their product. Now, when I was talking about this episode, Sam mentioned a particular show, (laughs) 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 which was called which was called WWF Super Astros. Yes. What do you do when you have a bunch of Latin American uh, wrestlers in your uh, in your uh, roster? Uh, Well, you just give them their own show. (laughs) Now. The reason I am not talking about Super Astros is because of one very, very specific distinction, which is that it was an exclusively a Spanish language product and was only broadcast outside, specifically outside America. Hmm. It hmm. was entirely self-contained. It had its own storylines and talent, which were completely separate from the WWF roster at the time. As such, hmm. recording of these matches is really strange (laughs) (laughs) in that it 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 exists but not well (laughs) real theoretically huh look look if there's one thing we've come to realize as we go back and we try to watch uh stuff from emll which eventually becomes cmll and triple r of the 90s quality Mm -hmm. is not of the is not of the highest priority for mexican broadcasting (laughs) (laughs) Um, but as a ro- as a result of this deal, a number of luchadors did manage to stick around for a tiny bit and work in 1997. Ultimately, this was completely fruitless, as WWE had no solid plans for them outside of a specific show broadcast for a very specific market that they realistically had nothing to do with. Mm. <laughs> um, and obviously, as you can imagine, there was the entirely inspected booking issues galore <laughs> <laughs> uh, that happened a frankly obscene amount now I'm going to pose a question to all of you which mm. is can you take a guess at which one of the few luchadors that stuck around had the most matches in 1997 <laughs> I want to say it was probably Puppy Chulo. Okay, I've got a guess for Puppy Chulo. Anyone else want to mm-hmm. take a guess? Um, I'm going to go out of left field and say Tuco Scorpio. Yeah, okay. I was actually cool. Scorpio as well, actually. Uh, unfortunately, both of you, uh, or all of you, are completely wrong. Oh. What? Uh, it was Mascarita Sagrada wrestling as Nova. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah. Okay. He wrestled a grand total of eight matches. Wow. And f- and three of those 
were not broadcast on TV, they were house show only. <laughs> yeah, if memory serves to be correct, Mascarita Sagrada was also on the opening show of um, Shotgun Saturday as well, so that kind of makes sense. Yes. Um, <laughs> as such, I think this gives a good idea of context to how WWE treated Lucha in its product, and kind of still does to this day, because it's very much not really improved in many ways, with the exception of Rey Mysterio. Mm. True. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know what their problem is, but there's a problem there. <laughs> now, with this and this kind of mindset very much being stuck in place, uh, WWF at the time is severely lacking behind its contemporaries in every single conceivable way. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, obviously, we are just starting to get into the Attitude Era, but we have companies like ECW. Um, absolutely starting to build a name for itself and start dominating the market, specifically with the use of uh, Lucha in its shows. Um, of course, we all talk about the WCW Cruiserweights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, most impressively for this, even the NWA is modernized compared to them. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, that, well, that is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the NWA at this point is regularly booking Mexican talent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. Okay, now I would like to go through and just quickly say, of the WCW Cruiserweights, let's talk about some of our favourites real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, look, we've done an entire episode we did on the Cruiserweight division, in both WCW and WWE. So, Correct. Uh, man, oh, man, I'm just going to say it right now, one of my favourites... Always has been, and kind of always will be, La Parker. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> if not yeah. For the we sim- love La Parker in this show. <laughs> if not for the simple reason, we did a whole episode with him, if not for the simple reason that he gave us this glorious moment. The, the greatest <laughs> gift of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Smacking Disco Inferno in the back from a chair as he made his entrance. The, the, I don't care. The thing about that gift that gets missed out is him doing the strut afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it adds to it. Yes, I don't care what anyone says. The guitar the guitar playing with the chair, the strut, which I will break out in every dance and every function whenever possible. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why La Parker. I think it's just because of his look that I kind of really start like really like La Parker as a kid when watching WCW mm-hmm. and still do to this day. Like, if anyone's mm-hmm. not seen it, go watch that match that LA Park had with Roosh in uh, in Mexico a few years back. Bloody and violent as all heck, and it's pure lucha libre, and I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. For me, for me, it's got to be uh, got to be Billy Kidman. Oh, mm. or when he grows up, William Man Man. Well, yeah, but I <laughs> lo- love me love me a bit of Billy Kidman. Absolutely great stuff. Whoa! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. Obviously, as I said, with all of this, you have companies growing their use of lucha libre, and obviously concurrent to everything happening in WWE at the same time, you have the growth of the WCW Cruiserweight division mm. which is absolutely killing the ratings um, fans are absolutely over the moon for it um, again, you have to think contextually to this time we're very much only a few months removed from the possibility of um, the Ray vs Eddie Halloween Havoc match mm. 
And in fact, by the time that we get to our first nexus point, it will have already happened. Hmm. Now, some WWE fans may be party to this information already. Sam definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> but we are in the year 1997 at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucha Libre is becoming a real primary feature of television wrestling at the time. ECW is starting to become far more prominent and everything like that. Now, the success of this prompts WWF into their own action. <gasps> and they form a deal with a small company <laughs> by the name of Michinoku Pro. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> And we get the formation of the WWF light heavyweight division. Here we go. Now, this was, this was WWF's first attempt at presenting a kind of cruiserweight adjacent product. Mm. And I would like to stress, this is very much directly due to the success of cruiserweights in WCW. This is not an idea they just randomly had. This is... Be uh, cause and effect <laughs> and now obviously with the formation of the light heavyweight division it's kind of like grandfathered back into the promotion through some weird thing and this deal with michinoku pro to claim ownership of a belt they previously gave away it's very complicated <laughs> um they claim that ownership get the belt back, and we come to our first attempt to replicate the success of Rey Mysterio, Takamichi Noku. Mm -hmm. Okay. Taka is coming, now, motherfucker. <laughs> now, this may seem like a strange choice, because very much Rey Mysterio has not even been extant to the company yet. <laughs> no, He's I in a completely different place entirely, but because the entire... Because of the entire success of this division being put to Taka Michinoku in response to the WCW Cruiserweights, I feel like this is a relevant choice. Mm. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Taka Michinoku brings a completely different product to what anyone else was seeing on WWF at the time, um, presenting a much higher pace, faster, stronger work rate um, with a lot more high-flying moves. That is basically the idea of this division. Short, fast matches with impressive moments. And with this, Takamichinoku becomes the inaugural WWF light heavyweight champion. Uh, anyone take a guess at who the actual true originator is? <laughs> Brian Christopher. Nope. Mm, mm. No idea. Who would be around uh, at that time? Great I, 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 I'm just going to say it, that this person goes back to the 80s. <laughs> oh, gosh. Not Dynamite Kid. It's not Dynamite Kid. Tiger Mask. It's not Tiger Mask. It's Pero Aguayo. Oh, Pero Aguayo, of course. Yeah. In, a, in, a, in a very strange cross-promotional deal which involves uh, a company, I, I, I didn't take that much, I believe they were called WWA. Um, world taking... Wrestling All-Stars? Oh, no. It's not, it's, it's not World Wrestling All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> um, where they cross-promote it, uh, it then eventually becomes part of the J-Crown. 
Ah, which is a whole yes. separate thing. Oh, and then it, they claim it, the title back. I was going to say, the J Crown, is that the J Crown being the all of the titles that Ultimo Dragon held? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, with this and the foundation of the Light Heavyweight Division, we also get some people um, who receive some level of notoriety through this, um, including, but not limited to, Brian Christopher. Mm-hmm. Um, the soon-to-be Scotty Tuarty. Oh. Scott too hot Taylor. And and even though he is not necessarily relevant to this conversation, I felt it would be rude of me not to include him. S.A. Rios. Ah, yes, Mr. Aguilar. Yes, or, or Puppy Chulo, or S.A. Rios, as he would be known. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he is very much involved in this same growth of the uh, light heavyweight scene, uh, and very much positioned as an important person, but kind of afterwards, they, they kind of die down. It's very much the look at Takamichinoku and no one else. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I posit that the first attempt at replicating the success of Rey Mysterio was in fact Takamichinoku. You know what? I think he's right. The, I mean, it definitely, it definitely adds up, especially around the time of 97 where, you know, we have just had the, like, the, like the cruise rate boom has just happened in WCW and as an immediate answer. I think there is grounds to say that they, they made Tucker their Rey Mysterio. I agree. I mean, they definitely doubled down on it in magazines and, and vignette spots where they had, a, they had a whole flipping press conference in Japan when they signed Tucker as well. So, they... I, I yeah, really, they really went all in on Taka. And then what did they do? They gave him Shane McMahon as a mouthpiece in the background. Uh, it's one of the things of all time. Now, I would like to bring up one small fact before we move on. Which is that Taka Michinoku is actually only the third longest title holder of the light heavyweight belt. Oh, I know. Oh, I think I know who is. The longest. Now, okay, the, the the longest is a is a whole separate thing, right? Because they the title gets thrown around or whatever, and they, they give it to Gilberg, and he holds it for four hundred days, right? It's a whole <laughs> thing. They treat they very they very quickly devolve this division into being treated as a joke. <laughs> Gilberg. And, and what I find so strange about all of this is that they literally do this they stay with it for like maybe a year and then they're like we want nothing to do with this again they they very much kill it like with a stone <laughs> if memory serves to be correct i feel like the last notable light heavyweight champion probably would have been jerry lynn probably <laughs> yeah and then it kind That's of about gets... the last time they cared <laughs> and it gets dissolved into the the cruiserweight championship during the invasion angle it does uh, but at least Jerry Lynn's run with the light heavyweight title gave us the amazing promo where he ends it with Judgment Day! <laughs> Jerry Lynn got those low growls. Okay. <laughs> now, moving on from this, we're now going to enter a period of time I'm now going to call uh, the Luchador Roulette Wheel. <laughs> where we have the where we have the, uh, the we have the invasion angle and the kind of proper reformation of the cruiserweight division, kind of happening mm-hmm. with that unification. Mm-hmm. Um, as we kind of progress towards, t- this is kind of between like 2002 and like 2006, mm. where f- 
there's about 10 different names I have in this point, and I can't argue that they're trying to replicate race success because they simply never give them that position. <laughs> <laughs> they have about 10 people in here that they just like they just have them there for the sake of having them there. <laughs> <laughs> These are including, but not limited to, former WCW Cruiserweight and ECW alums, such as Psychosis and Super Crazy. Oh, I was going to say, don't forget the other man in that there, Dad. Don't forget the other man in that. Hooventud? <laughs> I was about to mention Hooventud Guerrera. Hooventud? <laughs> Um, we also get, uh, we, I'm also going to include nominally Paul London in this. <laughs> no, it no, seems no, like I'll a strange it. one, but he, he very much is analogous to the time and they treat him very much in the same way. Yeah, that, that does track to me. That does check out. But, but I would like to just make a brief focus on what I consider to be one of the most interesting of these. Does anyone remember the time when Ultimo Dragon was in WWE? Oh, I'm sorry, Ultimo. Yes. I don't remember. I don't remember that shit at all. I remember. I vividly so, remember Ultimo for a, for a very brief time, it's only all of about maybe a year at most. Mm -hmm. They quietly have Ultimo Dragon on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, they position him very highly from the start and very and obviously set him to retry and replicate the success he's had everywhere else but it's very clear that the audience are not tuned into what he's doing mm. oh it's abundant it is abundantly clear and it's a fucking shame because it's ultimo dragon crying out loud mm -hmm. um he infamously leaves after wwe can talk concoct a storyline which involves unmasking him uh, to course. which he says, of course. go away, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not gonna work for the dragon, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I find this one really, really interesting because obviously the, the point was to bring the star power and the impact kind of analogous to what Rey Mysterio would have, but they just don't. Yeah, the, the, they the give hype... him like one title opportunity and then just stop it there. The hype packages were really making it and billing him as a very important deal uh, to to the lengths of Rey Mysterio. I mean, L they did the exact same thing they did with uh, as they did with Rey's hype packages is that they used a lot of footage from WCW to hype him up. It's like, hey, this guy was a, is a very influential figure in the world of lucha libre. Uh, and, and Japanese pro professional wrestling, and like we've got it, and it's gonna be a big deal for the cruiserweight division. One slip, and the it, at WrestleMania twenty later, and he's he he yeah, they don't want to use him at all. A shame. Oh, such a shame. They they do not know what they are missing out on. <laughs> and everyone, everyone remembers two things from Dragon's Run. Um, that slip, which is unfortunate. Uh, mm -hmm. that, he, that he slipped up in his entrance at Wrestlemania 20 on the entrance ramp. Another thing is the, not even it's not even with Dragon, it's adjacent to Ultimo Dragon and it's the weird purple and green gear 
that Rey Mysterio wore when they faced <laughs> off against one another at one point. <laughs> what the hell? Like, it's purple shorts, and like, was he trying to emulate the Hulk? I don't know. He <laughs> ah, was supporting it's Donut Cass. It's a play- no, it is the Donut Cass gear. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's cooking. I und- I I get it. It's- he's cooking. He was he was ahead of the curve. That's what I'm saying. He was doing he was doing <laughs> the feast your eyes uh, way before Dijak was. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that that is genuinely like all timer shit gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they they bring him in. They have him there for a little bit. He does very. They do not a whole lot of anything with him, and then that kind of ends this chapter. <laughs> now, obviously, time goes on. They uh, try a few other different attempts to get back into the Mexican, the Latin American market. Uh, one I'm going to consider quite infamous, but somewhat of a footnote to this, is Chavo Guerrero. Yeah. Chavo, I mean, junior or classic? <laughs> Uh, Junior. <laughs> remember, Chavo Classic is a former WWE Cruiserweight champion. Uh, he is, um, but I'm referencing Chavo Guerrero Junior here uh, because for a, a brief part of time, they really just push him up and really just like, yeah, don't worry, you really are the guy here. You are mm. the you are the important one here. Um, Obviously, part of that has to do with everything regarding Eddie Guerrero. I very much mm-hmm. consider Eddie Guerrero to be a standalone story to all of this. Hey, we did an entire yes. episode on, on, on Eddie um, and the Guerrero family. But, oh, but also, may I just say that they also did give him the best theme of all time. You know, the... <laughs> it's, it's one of the most ridiculous... I can hear it, so just... just... <laughs> Just a straight up three minutes of some woman orgasming. <laughs> straight up. That's, that's, that's all time a theme right there. Mm-hmm. Man, who, who who knew that Chavo had it in it? <laughs> he got that you dog in. You know, shout out to whoever who whoever that woman is. You did a great no, job. Seriously, whoever that woman is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> whoever that woman is, that is genuinely like etched into wrestling lore at this point. <laughs> You damn right. Okay. Now, obviously, time passes on. We've gone past 2006. Uh, Ray is starting to get older. The number of surgeries on his left knee is starting to increase. <laughs> and WWE needs to make a new push into the Mexican Latin American market. Oh, boy. And we come to two of the most infamous. And you might be expecting one, but I say two because. They're actually quite time contemporary to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> in like a in like a surprising level of consistency. These are of course Sin Cara and Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Oh. Now everything with Alberto Del Rio is horrific. In fact, I don't even really want to talk to, talk about him. <laughs> No, no, I really don't want to either. But, but we will kind of inevitably have to because he represents one of WWE's strongest pushes at the Mexican Latin American market. Can we just talk he about is his... very much directly aimed towards him. Can we just talk about the time that he got his head kicked in by Mirko Krokop? We can absolutely talk about the time he got his head kicked <laughs> in by Mirko Krokop in a Pride FC um, MMA match while he was still wearing a mask. 
and that time he almost killed Santa. But no, anyway. <laughs> but, oh. Um, they put a lot of stock behind Del Rio, and like I mean, a lot. Like if you were watching WWE programming around 2011, you could not escape from him. Oh no, that's yeah. that's absolutely true. Even with CM mm-hmm. Punk's um, rise to the main event status, they were they were making damn sure that the, he was still there in the main event scene. They were doing everything to make sure that he stayed in the picture, for better and for very much worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how everyone here feels about uh, his matches at that point. I, as especially as a younger person, I fucking hated them. <laughs> they weren't the best, especially when you were considering that, you know, this is Dos Caras Jr., you know? This was supposed to be a guy that did have a bit of wrestling pedigree to him, and you would have thought there would have been a better ring psychology to his matches, but all I'll say is... I just felt... I was going to say, I always Enzigiri. just felt like his matches were kind of boring. He had a good Enzigiri. It was a good snap to it, but all I can remember is that in the cross arm breaker. I, I, I hate to be the guy yeah. to say that, but... Well, mind you, actually, no, I don't mean... I don't I hate to be the guy to say that, because he's not going to real. I don't give a shit about him. Now, <laughs> on the other end of the spectrum, we have Sin Cara. <laughs> Now that's now, a guy I can get. Sin Cara mm-hmm. was signed to much fanfare. They held press conferences. They made a massive point out of promoting their Spanish language programming, especially around Sin Cara. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, at this point, they will have signed pretty much the biggest name wrestler in Mexico at that point. Now, obviously, this comes with challenges because they just kind of chuck him in there and expect him to know how to do everything in reverse without questioning it. <laughs> it's it's a it's a whole thing. The failure of Sin Cara is a thing we've kind of discussed already as a separate topic. Yeah. But realistically, these two are both signed to try and regain that push into the Mexican Latin American market. Mm. Sin Cara is basically like the most, you know, it's like a superstar sport signing. You sign him because mm-hmm. you want people to pay attention to what you're doing. Yep, and it it's insane to me that for what both of them represented, they both didn't equal a larger push into Mexico by WWE. Yeah, because at the at this time they didn't even it wasn't even like the idea of like doing a pay per view in Mexico was floated. No, this is this is very <laughs> much you know. Remember, this is a time where my company damn it, the world is America. Ha <laughs> ha. Ah, ha ha ha, yep. oh god. The thing's wrought. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it's just insane to me that you would get these two in and just not try and make as aggressive of a push as you can. Like, they, they do very little. I mean, especially when you consider, yep. and I've gone over it in the Sin Cara episode, uh, the, 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 the already legendary status that, uh, that Mr. Coward had before he got signed. Uh, to the WWE. Um, and the fact that even when he was released, he, he went right back and continued, and there's even, I would say, even a bigger legend in Mexico than he was before. Before. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely unreal. Of course, when we talk about Sin Cara, we then have to bring up everything that happens with the the two double Sin Cara storyline, everything that happens with that. Mm-hmm. 
and then the progression afterwards where Sinkara as a character is taken over by a different person and then um becomes part of like the lucha house party lucha dragon stuff and kind of just floats about the tag division for a couple years like like really after 2014 Sinkara does nothing <laughs> it wins the NXT tag titles <laughs> that's it <laughs> And all really, I guess, was in a sense they were looking more at Kalisto than they were actually at Sinkara. Which time. is a fantastic segue, Sam. Hey, good lucha, hey. good lucha. <laughs> because um, around this point, when uh, Sinkara leaves, is also when when Rey Mysterio leaves. <gasps> and the oh, first yeah. person to nominally be given the task of replacing Rey Mysterio is Kalisto. Lucha, 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 good Lucha thing. Maybe if I, maybe if we, maybe if we keep shouting Lucha, they'll like me. <laughs> because around the same time at which um, Rey Mysterio leaves the WWE, Kalisto is given his promotion to main roster. This is yeah. Mm. This is it. Is that is that is that no? That was after he got called up, wasn't it? That he made the uh the do the do good lucha thing. God damn yes. it! Yes. <laughs> now, up until this point, from my reckoning of this, with with maybe the exception of Alberto Del Rio, Kalisto uh, is as yet possibly the most successful person on this list <laughs> yeah and i was gonna say and that comes with uh dare i say a very different looking um exposure in america to lucha libre because Kalisto, absolutely put at that time uh, uh build as their as their big lucha star uh wwe for the very first time had competition for eyes on lucha libre with the introduction of lucha underground around this time Yes. yes. Yep. Robert Rodriguez knew exactly what he's what he was doing when he started the El Rey Network and wanted a lucha show. Oh, absolutely! That man mm -hmm. understood the assignment. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, with this comes the pressure that has to fill that role, which unfortunately, uh, I both feel Kalisto was not ready to do, nor did they ever expect him to be ready to do. Yeah. Um, very much when it comes to discussing Kalisto in this point, um, they wanted something that was very different from even what they wanted from Ray in the first place. Mm -hmm. And when he could not be either of those things, they were very much frustrated with him, which is a shame. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, with this um, comes the point of he's never really given the opportunities that Ray Mysterio has. Um. Yeah. It comes with a US title run, which is largely a footnote. <laughs> there's a cruiserweight championship title run in that in there there's, somewhere as well. There's a, there? there is absolutely a cruiserweight championship run, which is kind of a footnote. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um and really a lot of looking at Kalisto is looking at it and being like he very much did not have the opportunities that he would have needed to be to get to the place that he would want to get to. Yeah. Pretty much. And really, this is where we start getting into the point of modern WWE does not understand 
what made Rey Mysterio successful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wait, it's you don't say. At which point... <laughs> at which point, uh, I would like to bring up a concept, which I think is very, very much important and necessary for this. Have you ever heard the sci-fi trope where uh, there's a civilization which has one that's even more ancient before it, and they've forgotten how to use the technology? Ah, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, I know that. Yes. I know that trope. I know that trope. Yeah, that's WWE and Rey Mysterio. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> because this is very much the point where WWE become obsessed with everyone being able to do promos. Mm-hmm. Mm. Forgetting that not everyone knows how to do promos, nor are they ever particularly required. <laughs> Which, of course, leads us to good lucha things. <laughs> <laughs> now, depending on who you ask, lots of people will say this was the downfall point of Kalisto. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> Because WWE could not make him be the shape that they wanted him to be. And that was a luchador who could cut fiery American-style babyface promos. Because that's what they were obsessed with, for whatever reason, God knows why. Luchadors, known for their promos. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where I would like to talk on a kind of thematical sense. Everyone knows we're not going to watch Luchadors for the talking, right? Yeah, like that is the. There's only one. There's only one, like, place that I've ever wanted. I've ever watched Luchadors for the talking, and that is Lucha Underground. And Lucha Underground's talking was, and I say this with all the love in my heart, complete. Fucking nonsense. <laughs> like, uh, like across the board, gonzo shit. Mm-hmm. With, 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 with fucking superheroes and basically Venom running around and just, just straight up nonsense. There's a reason they, they did it in seasons. Because yes. this is ridiculous. And this is the, this is the thing I really get to because there's a lot of people out there who like talk down on like cruiserweight junior heavyweight wrestling being like, Oh, it's just flips. It's just this. Right. And there is part of that in the modern style. Absolutely. There's part of that in the modern style. Mm. But again, the thing is we were all watching Rey Mysterio because he was doing cool shit. That's Mm. why we watch him. We don't watch him to be like, Oh, I I'm, I'm coming here to see some outstanding mat work. Also for the no. also for the 2003 fits he had backstage, you know the the the, the yeah. San Diego Chargers oversized jersey with the Daredevil mask and the baggy and the boot fit baggy mm-hmm. jeans, you yeah. know that that's the Jennifer yeah, all, the Timbs as well. Let's not forget the Timberlands as well. <laughs> right. I think people have forgotten how to just appreciate a cool visual. Mm-hmm. Right. True. Luchadors are at. Oh, sometimes at their best when they're just being Power Rangers. Yeah, yes, sir. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Right. There are guys who are good at doing the whole talking thing. There are guys who are good at doing the mat work thing. Right. But like for a lot of the guys that come in and we see them do stuff, 
it, it's 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 about that sense of energy and that sense of movement and the of the very visual thing of like they are doing things that I cannot comprehend being able to do. That is why I watch them. Mm. And it's so confusing to me that repeatedly, time after time, WWE has found a popular literal become popular and then just go, Okay, can you please go out there and talk for five minutes? That is mm-hmm. not why we are watching them. <laughs> oh, yep. speaking of which, I found the transcription for, for Kalisto's promo. If you would like me, if there's an option okay. to read this. If you really want to. <laughs> Kalisto, last time you went in alone, you became the US champion. What can we expect from you on SmackDown Live? But but hey, uh, I'm here, like I said before, I'm here to, to shock the world. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to show my lucha art outside and inside the ring. But uh, But first of all, uh, I can't stop thinking about Baron Corbin, uh, Baron Corbin being on SmackDown. <laughs> I, 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 I get to have my revenge. Sabasuke, uh, he, he, like I said, I, I'm here to stay and make a, uh, make a, uh, make a, uh, uh, good, good, good lucha thing. Uh, God damn it! Woo! Cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Up, up, up there with the with the dying speech in Blade Runner for yeah. cinema. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. I don't know why I love that promo so much, but I do because it's like a, a pure deer in the headlights moment called life. It it absolutely is. Um, with this, we then move on to our next wrestler that was given the unenviable task of trying to replace Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Neville. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not it's not neville although most people would consider a geordie to be mexican but you know that's not here nor there i need to i need to I'm i need trying. to know i need to know who those people are and they need to talk to them because i'm very confused if they're making that comparison tiger style pro i'm looking at you <laughs> newcastle and mexico are about as far away from each other but also culturally on a horseshoe as possible <laughs> I beg to differ. I beg to differ. Okay. Another kind of big coup signing from the Mexican scene happened at the inception of the Cruiserweight Classic. Let's say Dorado. I'm talking about Grand Metalik. I knew it. Uh, Obviously, Cruiserweight Championship finalist lost Mm -hmm. to uh tjp because that was a thing that happened who (laughs) exactly who who (laughs) um again ultimately comes to very very little success um his only title only title was a 24 7 title reign which is basically the same as saying you found one pence on the floor Um, and unfortunately <laughs> did not did not end up too much um, but again was treated with much fanfare as a signing for their penetration into the Latin American market which again just did not exist remember like this was the former Mascara Dorada um, a big big huge name in CMLL you would have thought at the very least, oh, maybe they finally they, they've signed someone quite prominent in the in in the scene. Maybe this could be the one, but but no, but no. Uh, yep, they sign him. He quietly goes off to do not much. Joins Lucha House Party, has like one random banger match. Uh, on like a pandemic SmackDown or Raw, yeah, and then just quietly leaves. 
and it's a shame because god damn is he so good at stuff <laughs> you know what the craziest yep. thing was they got him right on the cruiserweight classic yeah mm-hmm. they absolutely they... got him right first like first swing of the bat <laughs> they had everything right then 205 live happened god they had they had Okay, here's the thing though, right? 205 Live was a great showcase of cruiserweight wrestling that they just killed. Yeah, they just killed it. But let's yeah. not forget they, for they, the importance they, of... they set out from they set out from the start to be like, this has no importance and no one should watch it. <laughs> but remember, uh the, the most important thing for, for, for Melee here is that it did give us that beautiful Alicia Fox. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right. <laughs> So the ups and downs to 205 <laughs> And then, really, after that, we just get into the current day, really. And it all came back Obviously, to Mysterio. All roads lead to a Mysterio. In the end, we end up with Rey Mysterio rejoining the company to much success and much fanfare after his time uh, with Lucha Underground. Yeah, uh, he comes back. Um, we have the amazing stuff with um, uh, with him and Andrade, which are some some of the most ridiculous matches you'd have on like Raw at that point in time. They're just unnecessarily good for what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it really reminds me of the days where like you'd watch like an uh, like an O three Raw, and then there's just like. You know, they just have like Rob Van Dam versus like Shelton Benjamin, which goes like ten minutes and kills. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah absolutely. Just in the mid card, just a wild thing to see. <laughs> uh, we then have everything that happens with uh, Dominic Mysterio and all of that stuff. So- at this point, where Rey Mysterio, even at now, I think believe actually at fifty years of age. Uh, is still very much plugging away, doing his thing for WWE and achieving much success and fanfare for it. Dare, um, dare I say? Obviously, WWE's latest attempt hmm. to potentially make this uh, move into the Latin American market was designing a Dragon Lee. And mm-hmm. obviously, he's obviously been competing over at NXT uh, and seemed to be poised for a move to main roster soon. Um, but as yet, we cannot say because uh, we have not got a full picture of his run now there's one part i would like to debate oh and it's because i was coming through with this and i was planning this out and Mm -hmm. i want to make uh, an idea on a case for one person where do you think ricochet fits into this hey god thank you all right right why he bald (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, he balls. <laughs> sorry, that caught me. That caught me off guard. I'm sorry. <laughs> why, why are you ugly? <laughs> okay, get back under that mask, Prince Puma. Ricochet, I think Ricochet definitely like they had him, and then they ruined it. I yes. think like they fucking had him, like. Especially like during his NXT days, where he was running fucking rampant, doing some of the craziest shit anyone had ever seen, doing some of the craziest bumps anyone had ever seen, mm-hmm. like Ziggler levels of bumping. Only because he has springs in his neck, he could oh. do it. 
like at least three feet higher. And, and also Ziggler levels of jobbing. <laughs> yes. That's, the, that's literally that's literally the thing though. And people, mm. wonder, and people don't. I was gonna say, and people wonder why Osprey never wanted to sign with the company. Pipe down, bruv. Put down, bruv. Yeah, it's just, it's really relax. It really is. For me, I thought I realized it was over when they took away his lasers. I know that's a small thing, but it just felt no, like. No, but like oh. I complete, I completely get that though. Oh, when they took for, for, for for me, it was the mo- It was the the moment he made the move to main roster. Yeah, the moment they took that away was the... like the that was like the death knell and the tolling of the bells. <laughs> they took away the lasers. They took away the superhero theme. Yeah, he's n- no, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Poor mm-hmm. Trevor. <laughs> poor poor Trevor. <laughs> just. Ridiculous! Just they had him. They finally figured. They finally had him, and I don't know. But I guess that says a lot about um about Rey Mysterio. In that to get a Rey Mysterio, you have to book a Rey Mysterio like he's a Rey Mysterio, this, this, right? That li- literally that is pretty much my ending point. <laughs> I <think> like- <laughs> I feel like that. I feel like they did, they, they 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 may be getting close with Santos Escobar, but I fear even they will screw that up. <laughs> Literally, written. This is what I have written down. Okay. <laughs> in the end, luchadors in WWE have suffered from horrendous promotion and horrendous visibility, often being relegated to B and C shows. The reason for this. I don't think anyone can really explain um, other than using some choice words which might end up with possible legal actions. (laughs) (laughs) WWE have always failed to recapture the love and joy that Rey Mysterio created in the ring. And we have to wonder why this is the case. I think at the end, we all really know. We all really know why, which is they had it once and they were like, we can do this again, but just never tried. (laughs) Uh Yeah. And... The thing is, it's like we all know what makes Rey Mysterio successful. We all know why we love Rey Mysterio. We all know why Rey Mysterio works so well for WWE. But for some reason, they are so insistent on just not doing it. <laughs> yeah, there's I something just... in there's something in there which stops them from doing it. And it's even crazier when you have NXT and that everything with that. And they were doing great on NXT. Mm-hmm. They'd have great matches. Even 205 Live had some great matches on it. And yet just it it disappears into vapor when you get to the, the, the primary point. And like you said, to get a Rey Mysterio, you have to book a Rey Mysterio. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that's the thing. Do you think the changing of the guard is going to make a difference. Do you think Luchas might actually get a chance now to replicate the success of uh, of Mysterio in the company? But speaking frankly, speaking frankly, I doubt it. I doubt it. I really do. I am. I am hopeful that they will be able to do that with Dragon Lee, because they do seem poised to give him quite a big position. But like, I don't know how far that goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far that extends out in terms of like goodwill and actual like, yes, we will support you in this and push you for this. 
Yeah, I don't. Um, I I'm very much. I I'm very doubtful. I legitimately don't think. I don't think like the support is there. I don't think the people like in charge are really look, especially considering they've realized that Rey Mysterio. Oh no, this guy can actually still go to a reasonable level. And plus, and trust, frankly, frankly, I think they're putting all of their putting all of their um chips on Dominic eventually. I really do. Think yeah, that. they are. I like. It, it's only a matter of time. Despite the fact, I think he I was, think was like, I don't know, but like, I feel like yeah. Dominic needs to, I think Dominic, despite, I feel like Dominic needs to have an excursion to Mexico. I feel like it's the missing piece of the puzzle for Dominic. I yeah. feel like he really needs seasoning in Lucha over in Mexico. I think it would do him wonders, actually. It's not to say that he's bad. If anything, I think he's really improved ever since he started. But I feel like, I think to really give him that edge... Why not? Come on, just, 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 just let him go. Have a year or, or like six months to a year in Mexico. It's crazy Sorry, to think brother. that man. That, it's crazy to think that man's not been in Triple R or CMLL. <laughs> Who needs that when you have the performance center? Ah, <laughs> oh, feel so. Don't worry. Close. I'm sure if I was to do this like three years down the line, I'd be blaming the PC as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, the the performance center is not particularly relevant to this story. <laughs> I think the problem is that WWE has this one track mindset that, for whatever reason, Rey Mysterio is the definition of lucha libre. So yeah. that when they try to acquire anybody else who is just slightly different from Rey Mysterio, automatically they fail, and unfortunately, they've they've taught the audience that if you're not Rey Mysterio, then you're then Lucha Libre is not good. And that's the problem. They mm, made Lucha Libre and Luchadors like, they made them not care about that style because they're not Rey Mysterio. And now they're which, paying the price for it. Which is a wild concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That they, they managed to distill an entire style down to one person and then just basically be like, no, this is literally the only thing that is acceptable. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's why there's a bit of a but... mainstream in America, especially why people are like, "Oh, Lucha Libre sucks because it's not Rey Mysterio." Like, I've heard a lot of people say, "I don't care for CMLL's um, partnership with AEW," and I feel like, well, it's gonna say the whole thing Mysterio. I feel like that's a huge root cause of the problem with a lot of American mm-hmm. fans being like, "I don't care for Lucha because it's not Rey Mysterio." <laughs> yep. <laughs> Guys, you are missing out. Like yeah. literally, you are yeah, missing out on such just... good wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so just... what I, what I'm really saying is that um, DPW book Kemonito. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can get behind this. Yes. <sighs> can DPW book Kemonito versus Kemalito? Ooh. See, the thing is, that's the sort of thing I know Johnny would book. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, look. For, for, any, for anyone listening to this that doesn't know, Kemalito is uh, Kemonito's evil version yeah. that happened that appeared after Kemonito left. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, look, it's, it's, book it, book it, you book it, you book cowards, it. book it, <laughs> book it. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, 
Dan, is is that is that it? Is that is is that is that the is that the end? Pretty much. Blimey, that was uh, that was a heck of a journey, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. But it all it all came it all, in the end. Yeah. It all came it all came to realizing no, not really. They can't replace Ray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter Fuck how they, No matter how they try. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Man, a hell of a hell 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 of a way to end episode one hundred and seventy-five, Dan. Mm-hmm. Lucha, 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 lucha. Oh, you'll look forward to next uh, to the next episode for sure. As I, I as I'm going to be uh, uh, t- telling you all, and being more lucha adjacent to this one. Oh my! We are going to ponder the question that I think a lot of people when they go to when they start watching Lucha Libre get to: mm-hmm. What the fuck is up with Mark Jindrak? Evolution is a mystery. Oh God, there is so I don't even know we I don't even know where we're gonna begin with that one. Can 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 I just say before we start this one, I broke the idea of this one when we were talking about ideas and genuinely Reardon's mind like exploded. (laughs) Yeah just and you just reminded me, what the fuck is up with Mark? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we go yes. from the man who started as a WCW power plant prospect to then potential evolution member to how he suddenly made a huge career as Marco Corleone in Mexico. <laughs> it is all coming up on next week's episode. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan hosting. Reardon. Mm-hmm. And Nanny you've been listening to the Switching Wag podcast. We will see you, as always, in the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Lucha, Lucha, Lucha. I'll see you tomorrow.